Welcome to the Two Network Deadline Day Special. It's not quite 11 o'clock yet, but you know what? I'm gonna kind of call it there. I think that's all the business that we're doing. Um, and I'm absolutely delighted that we've got this one in the bag. Miguel Almiron has signed for Newcastle United for a club record 21 million-ish. Um, on a five and a half year contract, this is the one Rafa Benitez wanted. Is it going to be enough to secure his future? Time will tell. I'm not sure. Have we done enough business this transfer window? Um, full stop. Probably not, actually. Um, but we'll get onto that anyway. Let's, let's, let, you know, the, the, the headline is obviously Almiron. Paraguayan international from Atlanta United in the MLS. You know, a lot of people post scorn on that league and I can't profess to watch it. I, I don't watch that, that, that league at all. Um, there'll be loads of armchair fans who say that they watch the MLS every week. I'm sure a couple of them do. I'm sure most of them don't. Um, so in, in, in large respects, Almiron's, you know, he's, a, he, he's an unknown entity in a, in a top five league. Um, he's never played outside of the Americas before. Played in Paraguay. He was part of a title-winning team there, although this was at the very start of his career, so he didn't have much impact. Moved to Lanús in, in Argentina, where he won the title there. In the last two years, he's been at Atlanta in the MLS, a, a brand-new team, uh, under the tutelage of Gerardo Tata Martino, who you might remember as being a former Barcelona manager, He's managed Argentina, and he's actually managed Paraguay um, a good number of years ago now, um, too. So, you know, he's been working under a coach with pedigree, and that's exactly what he's going to get on Tyneside. He, he's 24, and one of the most notable things about him, I think, is, is, is his pace. He has pace to burn, and his close control and technique. Now, people can say what they want, you know... you. you I'm a YouTube scout. I've never seen him play live. I've never seen. I don't. I don't watch MLS games, you know, in, in their entirety, even on TV. I just don't do it. I'm not interested in it. But we can't write him off entirely. We can maybe look at have we overpaid for him. Some people in the know suggest maybe buy a couple of million. But actually, if he's going to make the difference in the in, a, in league positions, if he's good, if his influence over the next five months is going to be if he can get us up the table a few extra places, why squabble over a couple of million quid when he's probably going to make that couple of million quid if we finish in a higher league position? This is the number 10, the creative playmaker that we've been begging for and Rafa's been begging for for years. You know, the last... How long have we wanted this, this kind of player? And we have him. He's versatile. He's really, really quick. He dribbles. But I think from... You know, like I say, from watching on YouTube, he's got loads of pace and he's got very close control. Now, regardless of the quality of that league, regardless of the quality of the pitches over there, because they play artificial turf, Atlanta do specifically at home, ball bounce is different. It's a slight, you know, it's, it's a different game. You probably, you've got to probably look at the similarities between, say... Tennis players playing at Roland Garros on clay versus playing at Wimbledon on, 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 on grass. Some players are better on one surface than the other. It's still the same sport, but there are lots of different characteristics of that kind of 
that, 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 you know, that kind of environment. Is he, you know, he played on proper pitches in, 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 in Argentina, for example. So it's only kind of the last two years he's plied his trade on, a, on an artificial turf, you know, which is quite commonplace in American sports. So we can pour scorn on that. But what you, I mean, what you can't really misinterpret just from watching YouTube is, is, is his pace. That's not made up. He's not, he doesn't appear faster just because he is on a different surface or playing against poorer sides. He is just that quick. So we, we, we know that for a fact. He, he, is, he is electric in terms of his speed. We've seen his dribbling and his close control. Fantastic. Like I say, the, the, the big question mark about this, this transfer, and, and I'm in no way being negative because I'm really, really excited about this, and I'm really, really chuffed for Rafa and all of us. We, 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 we're owed this, and it shouldn't be special. It shouldn't be as special as it is. It is because of Mike Ashley and how Mike Ashley likes to run the club. But this is something to get excited about. In a week that we beat Man City, we get this player in who has the ability, just, just by the very nature of the style of his play, direct, intelligent, he has flair. You know, he, he's a player that, because he can dribble, and because he's really quick, and he'll run at defenders, and he'll scare the shit out of them. You'll, you'll, make, you'll make defenders have to make decisions faster than they want to, and that will lead to mistakes at the back. He will get fans out of their seat. Think Hatton Ben Arthur, but with a work ethic. Okay? So Hatton Ben Arthur is that player who has this je ne sais quoi, this, this X factor that anything can happen. It's unpredictable. He's, he's got the ability to do anything. You don't quite know. You know, like, like Tino as well. Tino, nobody knew, like, nobody knew what he was going to do. His teammates didn't even know what he was going to do. You know, and, and that kind of player... But I think, you know, the reports on Almiron and, you know, I was, I was lucky enough to speak to a journalist, Kristen Hennage, this week for True Faith. And he's based in New York and he, he, he follows, he, you know, he covers MLS and he, he's very, very aware of the club. And, you know, he's spoken to teammates of Almiron and he's seen Almiron play countless times. He knows the kind of player. He's also, you know, kind of based from the northeast as well so he he has this unique link I guess between where Almiron's coming from and now going to and you know I asked him you know is this you know is he a luxury player is this you know like a Ben Arthur was a very much a luxury player he wasn't going to give you that uh that tactical intelligence he wasn't going to give you that work rate but Almiron is is somebody completely different and he's somebody who as, as Kristen described him industrious and you know what I haven't heard that he's this kind of you know he's a lot more than just a, an attacking spark a, a, you know a, a talisman in the final third he, he will run it he win he will run the attacks you know he will take he'll be he was talismanic for Atlanta and a, you know in a, Last year, you know, the the the, the American league, um, league season is, is a calendar year. You know, he got he got thirteen goals and eleven assists. You know, that's 
he knows where the goal is and he knows how to set up his players. And, he, and yes, even if we minus, if we discount some of that, that, that tally to, to counter for a higher quality league in the Premier League, um, different surface, physicality is different. Even when you take some numbers off his potential, he still provides something that we don't have and he provides more than we have already. So, you know, at the very least, we know he's going to work his bollocks off. He always said Premier League was a dream move and he got this opportunity. His agent tried to tout him round Italy when he thought the deal with Newcastle had, had finished. But I mean, the big, the big, you know, we criticise the club, and rightly so, for the way they go about their transfer business and their strategy, if they even have one. And this had been rumbling on, this story, this saga, for, for over a month. You know, it was from December. I think Raf had been following him for, wanted him for maybe, maybe a year. I think rumblings came out in summer about interest, but obviously difficult there to do a, to do a deal in the middle of their season. So maybe it was always going to be January where it was going to be the, the, the best chance of, of securing his signature. And, you know, I think the tables turned. We, were, we weren't prepared to meet their asking price. They want about $30 million, which I think works out around $23 million. I don't think we were prepared to go that high. Uh, I believe our bid was a kind of stubborn $16 million. Now... The brinksmanship is, is sort of paid off because in that time, and what worked in our favour, what, what I think made this deal happen, was the fact that Atlanta had already prepared for his for his departure, so they were already putting a deal in place with a, a guy called Pity Martinez, come from River Plate, and the problem with that is that um, they in, in MLS that they allowed three designated players, which are foreign players. So they already had, they already had uh, Ezequiel Barco, who is, is a really good player, football manager, that's all I know, <laughs> um, and, and, and somebody else, um, Almiron obviously, and then they get this pity Martinez guy in, and suddenly they've got four, but only three slots. So suddenly the chips were, were all in Newcastle's favour there, and the agent was scrabbling around to try and flog him around, uh, I think it was like to Napoli, some teams in, in, uh, in Serie A, and obviously Newcastle, Newcastle's bid remained the pretty much the only concrete bid on the table, even though it was a few million below what they were kind of hoping for. And I think they brought him from, from Argentina, from Lanus, for about $8 million, which is big business for them in, in, in the MLS. And I think it's he it, it came with a big deal and he, and, he, and he came with a lot of pressure on his shoulders for a new club, paid a lot of money for them. They always wanted to get, you know, maybe double, treble that price back, given how important he's been to the to the club. And, and as I said before, the, the the word is talismanic. He's been, he's driven Atlanta to 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 win in the MLS Cup. So he's won titles everywhere he's gone, and particularly Atlanta, he was a big, big part of that. He was the, he was the heartbeat of their attacking player, and you know when he's got space in front of him. You know, he's, that's when he's most dangerous. When he's running at goal, he's got space in front of him. He can run on 
if he's not challenged and have a shot from he's got good long range shots wicked left foot um, but he can also be intelligent enough to play people in hence the you know as I said the, the 11 assists in the league which is, is, is really significant numbers again regardless of the, of, the, of the quality he's intelligent and the fact that he's industrious as well so if you think about Ayose Perez who has some technique and he's creative and he is intelligent but he works hard he defends from the front and he and he you know he needs to be and th and this is why Jose Perez um apart from being one of the best finishers in our in our squad like Lalumpid he is he's in that side because we can only be the defensive unit that we are when we def everyone defends as a unit. And, and Jose Perez is one of these players who defends from the front. Rondon can't do that running. He can't, and that's not his game. But he needs the players around him to do that running. Atsu will do that running to an extent. And I think the Atsu role, so if you think the five man at the back, two midfields in front, where it's been against Man City, it was Hayden and, and Longstaff. Hayden will get on to in a, in a minute. And then you've kind of got this front three with a with a spearhead of of, of Rondon and Atsu and Perez, but I think it's the Atsu position on that left hand side, and I think that is where Almiron will fit into this to this system, and he, like I say, he will he will mirror this in, this industrious um, quality of, of of Perez and do the running for Rondon. Um, and I think and I think he's going to be really, really, really exciting to watch. And you know, for Newcastle, we aren't an elite club at the minute. We, we probably could have been at some point. Maybe we'll get there again now, but we're not. And you know, there, there was rumours that West Ham, Tottenham. I'm, I'm not saying West Ham are elite, like that. <laughs> slip the tongue. But you know, the likes of Arsenal and, and West Ham were, were 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 sorry, Arsenal and Tottenham were, were interested. West Ham as well as a non-elite club. <laughs> um, but again, it was us. I think it was the lure of Rafa Benitez from looking at his, you know, his, his interviews after, you know, after signing. Like that, you know, we wanted him that much, and Rafa would have made, Rafa would have had a conversation with him and probably just convinced him there on the spot, because in those teams, he's going to be a bench player. West Ham, he'd probably get in there, but there's a lot. Of, even West Ham, there's quite a lot of competition for attack midfielders. I know. Um, a couple of injuries and, 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 and such, but you know, once Lan if Lanzini's in there, he's not going to oust Lanzini from that attacking midfield uh, central role. It's no chance. But with Newcastle, he has that stage, he has the stadium, the fan base, and he has that platform where he knows he's going to start every game because he's better than what we have. Um, and I think that's that, that, that's what made his decision. Even though he had two years left on his contract, they promised him. Atlanta that it was going to be a stepping stone um, club for him which has allowed him to move he's got his dream move to the Premier League so as I said you know even if he even if he only just works hard for us that's still better than what we've got I'm not saying Atsu doesn't work hard but I, I believe he'll have more quality than Atsu and more end product and I think this is the thing we are so light up top for goals, for creating chances, we have the third worst um, attack in the league. We've, we've scored, I think we scored 21 goals this season. I think um, 
I think Cardiff have 20 and Huddersfield have 13. I think we're the third worst attack in the league. And, and then this, this is where we need... And, and, and you know in this new formation, we haven't really seen Muto a lot. And maybe Muto can... We need to see more from Muto to push these players and, and, and be a bit more of an option of us. And, and, and if Muto's kind of a, a second striker like Perez and, and Almiron, maybe maybe he can provide... And we've, suddenly we've got a bit more... Um, bit more in the, in the final third and that's getting a bit more service to Rondon because we've seen with Rondon we give him the service he does the business he's a cracking signing there was a lot of talk today about possibly him his loan being extended another another season again I'm recording this at 10 o'clock if it's happened I don't know about it um, I've just turned the TV off so I don't know what else is going on so if he has signed again and I haven't covered it apologies but I'm really, really tired. It's been a long couple of days for me personally. Uh, I, I don't care. So <laughs> if, it's, um, if Rondon has signed, great. But it, it, it doesn't look like that's kind of gone through. Um, and that will have to be addressed in the summer because Rondon is so, so, so important. But in terms of his integration, Almiron, he, you know, there's Yedlin who's, who's playing the MLS who you might be able to relate to. He's got fellow South Americans in Federico Fernandez and Rondon who can they could kind of maybe take him under their wing obviously he'll speak Spanish with Rafa and the coaching staff as well although Rafa will be pushing him to speak English and learn English fast because as we also Chancel and Bemba Rafa gets pissed off if people don't learn the language and do you know what with Bemba after even a couple of years that's fair enough like how much commitment are you are you giving to your career and job if you can't even bother to learn the language? Um, so the, the other the other possible um, concern people might have is his is his slight figure and the fact that you know if, if the, the, the physicality of the Premier League can he handle it? And this is again why other clubs, these elite clubs, plus West Ham, might have balked at that. Um, it's a risk, but you know Newcastle can't really compete with these these teams anymore unless you know there are caveats and the caveat here is he's unproven in Europe in the, in the top leagues and he might be a little slight however again speaking to to, to, to Kristen Hennage football writer he he said that you know working under Tata Martinez he's really improved again like as I said before the defensive side of his game but also being able to get a bit of a kick and have a, you know, you get kicked all the time. Fast, skillful players will always get a kick in because defenders will miss time challenges. They'll always get a kick in and sometimes maybe defenders will get pissed off with them. It's uh, <laughs> just taking the piss out of them. But he, he's, he said that he, you know, he'll get a kick in, but he'll get back up again. And we need that, but there's a bit of, there's a bit of toughness there. And I think that's, I think that's, I think he's sort of been weathered a bit over there in, in MLS. That has sort of slightly prepared him better for um, you know life in the Premier League. It might again the Premier League's quite unique and you know, it takes a lot of elements from a lot of leagues. I think just given its multinational nature, lots of cross-cultural um, styles, for example. But I think. I think he'll be more prepared than people give him credit for, and I think he's got a point to prove. And he wants to. He's driven. Um, he's not one of these flash players. He's he's a bit of a quiet lad. 
um, family man, and and I think that'll help as well. He, he won't look for those distractions. He seems to be a model professional who wants to put his head down and make a name for himself over here. So he's got a lot to prove. He's got a lot to prove to Benitez. And honestly, I just think if has a couple of good runs, a couple of good games, the crowd will absolutely adore him already. Like I'm so so excited for this for this um, signing and I know I've, I've talked a long long time about this already but I, I, I think he's going to be great I'm calling it now I think I think he'll double his value at least over the next few years simply because the thing is though to, to, to win favour with Newcastle fans the attacking standard at the minute is so low in terms of players who assist and people who score it's so low it's not going to take you won't have to do much to impress you know and we've seen Kennedy come in alone and he had a really good time at the end of last season. But this season, Kennedy has been completely off the boil. I think he had a couple of good games at the start of the season. But it's almost like since that, that, that penalty miss against Cardiff, you just haven't seen the best of him. And it'll be I'll be very, very surprised if we make his move a permanent one in the summer. Um, but let's get on to the other transfers. There we go. Almiron in for 21 million, five and a half year deal. Wow, just brilliant. Absolutely fantastic to be talking about this. This never happens. And, and you know, like I said before, we shouldn't be as excited as we are because Mike Ashley starved, starved us for so much. We've been feeding off scraps that we'll, we'll be excited about anything. But the difference here is a £21 million signing is only, isn't going to keep us happy for another 13 years. Do you know what I mean? 13 and a half years. It's not, we need more than that. Summer needs to be... We need to see the money, basically. Um, but let's have a look at the other sign. The other sign, anyway. It's Antonio Barreca, um, who comes from Italy. He came from Torino's uh, youth academy. Moved to moved to Monaco. It hasn't really worked out as it hasn't for a lot of Monaco players at the minute. Yuri Tillemans coming over to Leicester City, for example. Um, Thierry Henry's just been you know, gone there, and they haven't. Awful, awful season. Um, if you think where they were sort of two, three seasons ago with that Mbappe team and Bernardo Silva and Fabinho, you know, they had it all. Um, but they've sold and obviously not spent well or, you know, Jardim lost his touch, but he might be back in now. So all very, all very confusing. But Bareca, there was, a, there, was a, there was a possibility that this deal might not go through because... Um, Jardim was, was a fan of Bareca, um, but he's been allowed to leave. So he's joined on a million pound loan for, till the end of the season. And I believe there's an option uh, for, for, for the nine million pounds to sign him. So it'll be 10 million pounds altogether. Bareca becomes, let me get this right, Bareca becomes the first naturally left footed, first team natural left back. That we've signed since 2007's Jose Enrique. Now people might say, "What about Lazar? Lazar's pretty much a winger, isn't he? He was he, he was a winger that came, you know, he, he's a winger that essentially got pushed back into, into left back. Similarly with Kennedy, he's the same. We, we bought him having he played as a left back and a wing back when he on the few occasions he did for Chelsea. But he was never just a natural left. Santon, he was right-footed. Okay, 
Um, and obviously there's, we had other loans and I appreciate this is a loan as well, but this is a loan with an option to buy. And if you look at the deals for Dubravka, if you look at the deal for Marino, when there's an option to buy and there hasn't been for Kennedy and there hasn't been for Rondon, when we loan with an option to buy, Rafa takes it up. So I'm counting this as a permanent signing simply because, you know, unless something spectacularly goes wrong, Rafa's going to take up that £9 million option in the summer. Who knows if he's even going to be here in the summer. Um, that's another story, but let's just say it is. I think that's going to go through, and I think that's going to be permanent. And, he, you know, Bereka comes in as a 23-year-old, um, and Almiron comes in as a 24-year-old, and, you know, they're at the right age where we're going to get... We're going to get, the, you know, the best out of them. We're going to get them, uh, you know, their prime... Um, and they're going to have the best years of their careers and the most formative years of their careers under Rafa Benitez, world-class manager. You know, um, Barreca, you know, talked about you know Benitez's Benitez's um, track record in, in, in Italy, obviously with Inter. Um, so it's, he's he's a manager that he's admired, and um, you know we. He can mould these players, you know, again, like the Jordan Lukaku deal, which hadn't got, which didn't go through because they weren't satisfied with how fit he was with this inflammation of the knee. They tried to bump down the price because they wanted a discount on the fact that the risk was higher, which, to be honest, is fair enough. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, his, you know, his defensive work can sometimes leave a lot to be desired. But then the same can be said for Yedlin, who gets in every single week. And we still have, I think before this week, we had the sixth, I think it was the joint sixth best defence in the league. So we've got a deep, we've got a good defence and we're only adding to that. And now we've got balance with a proper, proper left-footed wing-back who's going to play. So what that does, and as I was saying before, with options for Muto and Perez and Almiron and Atsu, we now alleviate Richie's secondment in left wing-back and we've now got another option in the final third because we've got Richie to come and play, um, and you know, so, so so not only do we get better balance, um, and I think I think Bereka is a player who can improve defensively underneath Rafa Benitez, one of the best defensive coaches in the world, and so we kind of signed a winger almost just by buying a left back, which is seems. Quite strange, but that's kind of the situation given the, the formation that we're now playing. Um, I was just looking to see, yes, I got confused before because I said Bareka was 23 and Almiron was 24, which obviously happens to be their new respective squad numbers, but it, it, indeed, Bareka is 23, I did get it right, and Almiron is 24, so they've basically been given the same squad number as their age, which blew my mind a bit there, but anyway, I was just checking that. So Bareka comes in, um, we've won, and, and to be honest, isn't it these, you know, the the two positions, these roles that we've wanted for so, so long um, have finally come in in that we have a left-back and a creative midfielder, a playmaker, which is really, really exciting. And we've got these centre midfielders to come back. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the possible outgoings um, that have and haven't happened. So obviously, Isaac Hayden is still at the club and... He's going to remain at the club probably till summer. I imagine he'll be gone at summer. I think there was a number of championship clubs actually wanted him. Um, 
But because of that, I'm sorry, not because of that, he is staying because the Andreas Samaras deal from Benfica fell through. I think it was we were fairly close to a loan deal, but I think Benfica were the ones who pulled the plug on that and wanted to keep him for longer. So that was kind of out of our hands, I guess. Um, but to be honest, I mean, I would have, I would have, Samaras is a player I really wanted the last time we were linked with him. I think he would have provided a lot of experience, international experience. I think he'd be better than Hayden in terms of quality. Obviously, would if he had arrived, he would have wanted to be here. Whereas Hayden remains a want-away player. But the performances of Hayden, is particularly, I'm, I'm alluding to sort of Tuesday night, and he's been putting a shift in recently. Um, so I'm not, I'm not too concerned that... Um, we're going to be left short in midfield because obviously we've got three uh, senior centre midfielders out at the minute who are due to come back. So when Shelby, Key and Diarmi come back into the side, we've got Longstaff as well. You know, Hayden is probably going to be bottom of the pecking order anyway. So we're probably don't really going to get, we're not going to be relying on him too much anyway. And when he is brought in, he needs to play well. He, it needs to, he needs to treat this like a shot window because he wants the move. So... You know, with that, with all that, and you know, that was probably the. It was centre midfield was a position that we are quite well stocked in. We haven't been in the last month because of obviously the Asian Cup and then injuries, but when all fight, fighting fit with a fully strength, you know, fully fit, uh, strong squad, we are in terms of like centre backs and centre midfielders. We're, we're compared to other positions, you know, we've, we've got a fair amount of options there. So I'm, I'm not. As worried about that, although I really would have quite liked to see him come in, to be honest, as I've said, for the reasons I've said before. But Hayden stays. Um, and I think, like, you know, looking at, you know, players going out. So Callum Roberts has gone out to on loan to Colchester. You know, Sorensen has gone off to Blackpool. But that was you know, a week or so ago. You've got, um, I think, Sterry's gone out on loan. Um and there's a possible double going to Sheffield Wednesday. Lazar, who we mentioned earlier, and Rolanda Ahrens, the forgotten man, they're both going on loan to Sheffield Wednesday if it goes through again. If it hasn't gone through, don't shoot me. Can't foresee the future. Um, it is... Uh, <laughs> the transfer window hasn't technically shut yet. Um, so, so, yeah, that all makes sense. Obviously, the big loan departure is Jacob Murphy to West Brom, who will be paying his full wages. That's just a loan deal till the end of the season. He obviously hasn't cut it a bit, and he's, he's going to be limited time. I, I, I quite like Murphy. I mean, when he started, he assisted. His last two starts were against Everton away, assist for Rondon. Blackburn away, assist for Callum Roberts. So, he, you know, he's, he's one of these players who, you know, again, has lots of pace, and he's very direct, but maybe just... Like Atsu, kind of a lacking, lacking a bit of intelligence, and he's obviously not doing what Rafa wanted him to do um, on the training ground, which is why he's out of there. So it's uh, it's it's a shame. I honestly thought he could have done, he could have grown a bit, and maybe we haven't seen the last of him. And hopefully, he has a, a cracking season. You know, I think West Brom are looking for a replacement for Harvey Barnes, who went back to Leicester, who looks a really good player, by the way. So Murphy will sort of fill that void there with, 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 a, with a bit of luck so hopefully he can do well and maybe he can put himself play himself back into Rafa Benitez's thinking from the summer onwards if Rafa still stays who knows um, 
So they're the kind of the, I mean, they're the kind of main ins and outs. I don't think there's anything more happening. Like I say, the only other thing was the Rondon deal. There was a there was a potential for a um, Limbombe uh, from from Nantes, the, the the Belgian winger. But to be honest, I mean, I didn't know anything about him. His numbers don't really seem great. Doesn't seem sort of look to kind of be like another Atsu. Very quick, but maybe not. Not much tactical or, or footballing intelligence there. Um, so, yeah, not really bothered about that, not going through. There was talk that Hoslu might have left um, and getting another striker in. You know, you, you look at Crystal Palace, getting Batshuayi in, which is a, a great signing. But again, Batshuayi, was he a similar kind of player to Rondon? Maybe not. Maybe Batshuayi is more of a sort of off-the-shoulder finisher, whereas... Rafa likes to play with with a with a with a target man, in in Rondon. So to find another Rondon, quite difficult. And it, you know, Hosselu is a target man, but he's you know he can't hold the ball up anywhere near as well as Rondon. I mean, he just can't hold the ball up. So we're gonna have to muddle through what we got in terms of attacking options till the end of the season. Hopefully, Almiron can provide this spark where we 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 do get goals and he can be creative as well and put on some goals for other people. But we're, you know, we've got Muto to come back. Muto, you know, Japan got through the final of the Asian Cup against Qatar, so he could be a, he could be a, you know, a, a cup winner there and an international stage. And Perez obviously can play up front, although we again with everybody but Rondon. I mean, to, we have to change the way we play. Maybe we don't change the way we play with Hoslu there, but it just it's not the way we play isn't as effective. Basically, put it that way. So. We'll see what we'll see what we can do. I think we're going to need to bring in a striker. Whatever happens in summer, um, in addition to Rondon, if we can get him to stay another year as well, that's going to be important. But that's about it. That's all I can kind of say. Really, the the big news is Miguel Almiron. But you know what? Let's not praise Mangashi too much. You know, we, we, this shouldn't be a big deal that we've broken the transfer record after thirteen and a half years. But you know, and and I don't want to make too much of it. And actually. Almiron himself, when asked about it, just said, "Look, I don't, I don't, I don't worry myself with numbers. That's not the kind of person I am." And great, he's not going to let himself get burdened with how much it is or whatever. He's just going to concentrate on his football. And I, for one, cannot wait to see him play. He's going to be ineligible for Spurs at the weekend because he needs to sort out his his work permit, his visa, and I, I believe that's all formalities. He literally just has to pick that up in person. But he'll miss the, the registration deadline for that game. Bareke. Already being an EU national, will be eligible to play. So Bereka could make his debut. Whether he starts from the start, who knows, or whether he brings him on, I'm not sure. But Almiron definitely, definitely won't be playing this weekend. Um, it'll probably be Wolves where he makes his debut. Thanks very much. I've been Adam, and you know what? Bit of a bit of a nice deadline day for once. You know, not loads happened. Um, it was more about kind of who was leaving, um, but you know, the obviously Almiron deal, very, 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 very pleased with. Bienvenido a Newcastle, Miguel. Gracias. I've been Adam of the Two Network. Please subscribe. Please get the notifications in for any of my new videos as well. Please give us five star reviews on iTunes and SoundCloud if you can, and comment below. Um, let me know what you think of these signings and how you think they're going to fit in and. If you think they're going to be a success. Um, and thanks very much. Cheers. Bye. Easy. Bye.